Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Dash, and I am Dawn Wright Bronson. There's myself and Peter Mingles on our Tuesday night just talking about stuff. We're Peter. here. We're here. <laughs> we got stuff. We got stuff. Can I, can I do a little playful venting? Please, please. I need to do a little bit of playful venting. So I do know that, by definition, you are not the person I should playfully vent with, <laughs> mostly because you're a woman. But i got to mm-hmm. tell you, I'm going to see if I cannot easily offend almost every portion of the population on this call. Okay. But i got to figure something out as far as, like, women are concerned. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're all beating the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to call John Gray on this I, call? <laughs> I just, yeah, I, gotta, I need some help. i got to, like, read a book. Because my sister's visiting, and she's like, it's your sister. You know, so when you start off the conversation, like, it's your sister, I know who you are. Uh-huh. I like you I, know like you got to cringe. Yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's my sister. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then you got an email from me. And then I get an email from you. And then I get uh, then I get my wife, like, looking at me in, like, strange directions because it's like your sister, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, then, and then my daughter. I'm like, holy crap, i got to go reach out to my granddaughter. She's the only one that hasn't been indoctrinated yet. Like, what the well, hell? Actually, you probably just need to go out for a beer with a guy friend. I think so. I think so. You know, in times like this. It's interesting. I I live with five guys. Right. And I'm the only, like, my daughter, Susie, she moved out, and she was, like, heavily estrogenated. So, like, I really lost ground there, and Emily's (laughs) never here because she's 16. So I, I know what it's like on the opposite side. Yeah, I'm like, you know, what the heck? Like, what the heck? And mm-hmm. we have to, I'm just getting like like a punching bag. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, okay, you're the guy with the testicles. Maybe we're going to go after you. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I understand. Like, I, I you know, so I can completely like at least uh, obliterate any relationship I have with the gay guys. I'm going to like, you know, it's, it, I would be gay as long as it didn't involve like sex and cuddling. You know, it's just like, what the. What's going on? <laughs> Maybe you need more sex and cuddling. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. All I know is that we <laughs> we should probably get started with our show. This is some of the stuff. In everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff that just we, well we set it up. Some of the stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like what is going mm-hmm. on? So uh, you know when we we talk about things. You know, we started the Dash Radio because we wanted to talk about, you know, your beginning and your end and maybe all the stuff in the middle. And I playfully sometimes say to myself, mind my own business <laughs> or mind your own business. Like sometimes you just want to kind of like do what you do and without being imposed upon from everyone else. And you would think mm-hmm. in a free society that people should be able to do that. Well, there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that are happening, it seems like, today in the world where personal freedoms are being challenged and mm-hmm. your ability to do what you want without imposing on other people are being challenged. And I remember when I was watching uh, some of the YouTube videos on Napoleon Hill when he was doing his uh, Think and Grow Rich seminars, <clears throat> which, by the way, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with this, you know, YouTube is great because you can find some all really cool stuff. But if you go do, uh, like, a YouTube search for Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich and one of the things that he says in probably one of the first segments is, and I have to just take a step aside and talk about a growing trend. And this was back in the 19, like early 19-whatevers, and he was talking about a growing trend about people's freedoms being infringed upon. And there's so many things happening nowadays, you know, 70 years later, 80 years later, and one of them just happens or is in the process of happening over in Florida. So... 
I, I figured, you know, what's going on over here? So besides the woman thing that I was just playfully, you know, just <laughs> playing with a little bit earlier, there's some real heavy-duty stuff that's going on that I think is just kind of like infringing upon different people. So let's talk about what's happening in Florida. Um, and we try to keep things current so you can kind of see what might be happening in your world as well. Well, if you do some Google searches and you look for gambling and Internet and cafes and you do Florida, you'll see that a lot of stuff is happening right now, Don that I think is somewhat alarming, but it, but it certainly kind of exemplifies different people trying to impose their belief systems on other people and how it gets really kind of messed up, at least by my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So so it's a little bit of a backstory. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, these little Internet cafes were starting to pop up in the state of Florida. And I know it's happened in other states as well. But I went in one, one time because I saw an Internet cafe and the reason why I went in one is because, as we know with technology, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And when I had cable only, before we had connections on my cell phones, if the Internet went down, I literally couldn't do my business. So, you know, typically, you know, the Internet always happens at the worst possible time or the Internet interruption always happens at the worst time. So maybe I have to bill somebody or process a credit card or go on a webinar and then it's down. When I saw an Internet cafe, I figured maybe this is a backup. You know, it's only like three or five minutes away from my house. I'll run over there, and I walk in there. It's kind of like, you know, grayed-out windows, and I'm like, well, why do they do this? So I walk in, and there's like a hush, and I'm like, everybody stopped and looked at me. I'm like, okay, like, is there something going on here? And uh, I saw that the windows were kind of grayed out to a certain level, and I I asked the guy, why are they grayed out to a certain level? He says, because the glare kind of, you know, distracts from the monitors. And I said, okay, that would make sense. And then I heard noise, like casino noise. I said, well, what's that? Well, we have these little games that we play. And I felt uncomfortable because when I walked in there, I think they thought I was like a law officer. So when I walked out, I was like, that was kind of interesting, but that's certainly not what I was thinking about as an Internet cafe. And because well, I thought it was just like you go in, you buy some time so you can go use the Internet when your Internet is down. Right, and that's what Internet cafes all over the world actually are, because Alex and I, when we were backpacking, we would go to them and use their computers and Internet for um, so that we could get access all over the world. Right. And then so when you told me about this, I was shocked. <laughs> right, yeah, because Internet cafe sounds like it's an Internet cafe. You're thinking like maybe an alternative to, you know, Panera Bread, where they might mm -hmm. have Wi-Fi or McDonald's. So you'd be able to go to this Internet cafe, and maybe they do stuff so you can be online. It's like a social thing. Well, it turns into a little bit more than a social thing over here in Florida, maybe in some other states. Those little machines that people are playing sweepstakes or win rewards on, they actually kind of cash out. Cash out meaning a term that they would never use. I think they use a term called redeem out. And when they redeem out, whatever they were playing for, I guess you get bonuses for the Internet time that you buy. And the more Internet time that you buy, the more bonuses you get. And you play these little games, and you might win some stuff, like on a sweepstakes. So it's kind of like, Dawn, I guess, if you bought something for me, you know, you buy a donut, I give you a lottery ticket. You buy another donut, I give you two lottery tickets. You scratch them off. If you win something, you win something. You redeem them on the way out. And that's probably not the way it works and probably the worst explanation anybody has ever given. But the reality is is now they're being alleged as being gambling. Now, Don, there was no one that put a gun to my head that said I had to go into this Internet cafe. So if there's stuff going on in there, I don't, you know, that's their stuff. If they want to call it whatever they want to call, and some of these things are actually giving their proceeds to nonprofit organizations, hey, it's it's their business. So my political stance would be, wait a minute, mind my own business, and maybe that also means I should stay out of other people's as well. So I guess everybody's got a different definition, and maybe we don't know all the different sides of the story, but there's some real stuff happening over here in the state of Florida relative to now, Dawn, people are being locked up, they're being arrested, they're going, you know, some one guy had 50 computers that he was using, and now he's being charged 50 counts of whatever law they said is a law. And who knows, this guy might be going around for a long, long time. And there's a real huffity-puffity thing going on relative to different people's positions 
of what these things are all about. So I don't know if you want to mention anything about that. We're kind of studying that relative to some of the stuff we're doing with some of the projects we're working on. So it's just kind of an interesting going uh, an interesting thing going on. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, like I heard, and and remember, I told you a little while ago. I heard about something about this uh, a couple years ago. Somebody mentioned to me um, that a friend of theirs was opening these these little internet cafes, and I didn't understand that it was like, um, you know, the, these little. They, but she told me it was like gambling machines, little, you know, little lottery gambling machines or whatever they were, and that it was. You know, he's invested a hundred thousand bucks, and he was in profit in ninety days. And this thing was absolutely crazy, and it was unbelievable. And and I thought, huh, you know, but I wasn't interested. You know, I was doing other things. Um, but, you know, as you told me about this today, I clicked on a few things, and Cleveland.com is like, these guys are making boatloads of money. I mean, boatloads of money. And, and they're not just making boatloads of money. They're giving away boatloads of money to really great causes, um, you know, I mean, if you look at uh, Cleveland.com, just Northfield's Dusk Till Dawn Internet Cafes, give new meaning to, meaning to cash business is what this is all about. And it's an entire village. Northfield's village has three Internet cafes that have been generating bags of cash for the town. Okay, bags of money. Right. Um, you know, I don't understand in our economy why – we are so busy shutting down places that are generating revenue and feeding our citizens. Right. <laughs> I'm not really clear on it. You know, um, I don't know uh, all about these Internet cafes, but I look at, you know, in, in when there's war, there are economies that, that crop up. When there is depression, and anyone who wants to think that we're not in a depression um, isn't paying attention. Um, you know, but but other forms of economy crop up, other places to heal financially and for people to provide for themselves come around. And I, I've never seen in, in the history books that I have looked at where we've been walking around closing down everywhere that cropped up where it, where revenue was being generated, where tax money was being generated, where, you know, the, the way to bail out our our financial situation right now, people are coming up with ideas and they're just being shut down a lot is what right. I'm seeing. Yep. So it's, it's, it's kind of like it, it just is one of those things where you just what makes you wonder, like I playfully started off this conversation to try to set the tone, <laughs> is that, you know, what is going on? Like why, why and what and where do people come from, you know, the positions that they do relative to the things that they're happening. And we're going to come back on the other side of the segment to kind of share – some of the positive things that some of these organizations are doing. They're helping the veterans get back and forth to VA hospitals. They're feeding the kids. They're helping in lots of different areas, and yet there's allegations that they're not doing any of the things that factually they are doing. So I know we're sitting right around somewhere where Alex Saxel is going to start doing some spinning (laughs) of some records. So we'll let him spin some records on our way back. All right. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level. For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more. Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, Click follow at the top of our show. Then hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Dash. This is Dawn and Peter's here and we're talking about internet cafes and um 
Peter, this is all you, so you got to tell because you've been teaching me about this today. Right. So the the thing about the all you, the thing about the internet cafes is it's just one example, in my humble opinion, of wait a minute, we got to slow down a little bit. Are we doing the right things? Like for instance, <clears throat> if I wanted to, and maybe some inconsistencies, and I know all the legal attorneys and everybody else on the phone probably have their own either legitimate or really kind of twisted way of explaining some of these things away. But, you know, how do you explain this to a regular person that if it's gambling, why can I go to the grocery store or the convenience store and buy lottery tickets as many as I want? Or why can I go into this specific little area? Like, for instance, in Daytona Beach, we have the racetrack. Why can I bet on horses over there? but I can't bet on horses over here, and I'm, not a, and I'm not a gambler. So for me, it's just like, well, if you want to gamble, then you can go gamble. Uh, or, you know, um, relative to, you know, gambling, why, when I was in Illinois, does it have to be on a boat? It can't be on a land. It has to be on something that floats, and you have to push it away from the dock for 30 minutes. I'm like, are you people <laughs> making this stuff up as you go along? It's true. It's so silly, really. It's like I can go to Las Vegas, I can go to any Indian reservation in the United States, and I can, you know, I can sell my house in a blackjack game, but I can't go into a little building and press the buttons on a computer screen. Why? Right. I, I mean, I can't understand it. I, I mean, I would love for somebody to explain it to me, and right. make sense of it. You know, especially if it's doing good things for people. I mean, we all play the lottery. Well, I don't play the lottery. I like scratch off tickets because it gives me something to do sometimes. But, um, I, you know, I don't. I get that the lottery pays for education, right? And so right. we all think that's a great cause. So if people want to go ahead and gamble, at least their money that they lose or spend is going to a good place. So if I'm a grown adult and I earned my money. I'm taking my money, that's my money, and I want to go and scratch it off, or I want to buy a million lotto tickets, or I want to go over my lifetime, not today, or, or if I want to go ahead and do something in an internet cafe or fly to Vegas, what difference does it make? I don't get it. And in Vegas, they're just building more casinos. So uh, if I wanted to go to the veterans, if you know I'm 75 years old and I want to take my check down to go and, you know, play digital bingo. <laughs> Why can't I? I don't understand. I, I, I don't know. And, you know, when we talk about things like this, I'll, I'll share with you a personal story relative to, to my situation. My grandfather on my mom's side was a traditional Italian gentleman. And my grandma, um, you know, I love my grandpa and I love my, my grandmother, but my grandmother used to be like a bingo fanatic. She used to go to bingo every night. If we went upstate New York, which is where they had their second place, she would play bingo yeah. all the time. Way fun. And, yeah, way fun. And, you know, you get the old <laughs> ladies, and way back when they used to... They get really they, uppity. They do. They, <laughs> they, they're smoking, and you can't yeah. breathe, and they're, shake those balls, shake and those balls. Smack like, the paint daubers everywhere. <laughs> yes, you get sticky stuff and shake those mm -hmm. balls. And, you know, and like, wow, mm -hmm. this is like really freaky, Grandma. You know, Nana, <laughs> what's going on? But it was kind of fun, you know, in a certain way, and they were doing whatever they were doing. And <clears throat> I'll never forget it. Um, it was many, many years, like maybe just a few years ago, and I'm like older, way older now, is I never really realized that, like my grandfather really was kind of like old Goomba kind of grandfather, where he would take, you know, $5,000 out of one account and a bank and open up a new banking account because my grandma would get the toaster. So he was like that squeaky, like, oh, my gosh. All my aunts, if they were on the line, would say, oh, my gosh, Pop was so squeaky that she would do the bingo thing because the money that she earned at bingo would probably be the money that she used for the Christmas presents because my grandfather never gave her anything. Bingo, I can't believe it, was her job. That was her way of making extra money. And I don't know what you call it, and I'm sure the church or wherever the bingo parlor was probably made a little bit of you know the, some of the profits and maybe they should have but geez it wasn't like my grandma was some hardened criminal now on the other hand we do know that through uh wherever there's a lot of money 
a lot of corruption sometimes occurs. So regulation for sure. Regulate it, absolutely. Inspect it. If you say you're giving away the money, make sure you're giving away the money. But why in the world would someone have to regulate it out of existence because it may not fit for them is the question, sincere question, that I would never be able to explain to anybody else that was listening in. So if a little old grandma wants to go do something for some disabled veterans and this is her form of entertainment and they're given a portion of the way, if they state it, one thing we've learned, right, if they state it, they should prove it. Mm-hmm. We're going to give away 5% or whatever the number is. Show people the books. Show them that mm-hmm. the 5% goes in, just like totally. we talk about with nutritional companies. Or if you're running a home-based business and you have to have an income disclosure statement, just prove it. Like, just prove the documentation. Again, if that's my part of my dash, you know, from my beginning to my end and everything in between is how I want to define myself, can't entertainment fit into what I choose to be entertainment, and that's some of the consistencies or the contradictions that really do drive me nuts. So it's happening right now. It's live. People's lives are being affected. I was reading um, in some of the articles, and you guys are free to do this stuff. Go do a Google search. Go look for Internet cafes. Look at my town, Palm Coast, Florida. We had so many of them popping up, Don, they actually had to put a rule and a regulation against it. (laughs) Now think this through. If all of a sudden bakeries were so profitable that people love this certain certain kind of bakery, what is it whose whose um, decision is it to limit the number of bakeries that might be in place, gas stations that might be in place? Sure, they doesn't, have to, a, doesn't the anti-monopoly law protect us against that? I don't know. Again, I'm not an attorney on the phone. You know, all those guys find out these these things that people do when they're making the rules for themselves. But it just doesn't seem right or fair. Now, no, it we, doesn't. Yep. Now, when we kind of combine that with some other things, you know, then I start to take a look at some of the things that we're uh, that we're working on relative to foundations we're working on, mm-hmm. and that might also be what I can put in my body. So I'm always perplexed when I watch television, and when I watch television, the thing of human nature when you see an ad on television for medicine, like a medication. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, the first 30 seconds is telling you what it does. <laughs> the next 30 seconds side effect death. telling you the side effects. <laughs> all of them wind up like they're going to kill you. Yeah. You know, I hate to say the other one, but mm-hmm. I had no idea when I was a young man that I had something to look forward to, which is that ED thing. Like, <laughs> my dad never told me about that. <laughs> they didn't talk about that kind they of stuff. They didn't talk about that. <laughs> you but, whispered things like cancer and yeah. you, and you didn't talk about ED. Oh, I know. I know. I'm like, what the heck? Soon they're going to start talking about like there's no there's no Santa Claus, you know? No. No. Mm-mm. So when the, <laughs> and the contradiction that I have as relative to all of those medicines that are on the television, Dawn, they're advertising to people like you and me. And we can't buy them. We cannot buy the medications that they're advertising for. Right. We have to go to a doctor and he has to write a piece of paper. Yeah. He has to get a 75 bucks. You know, I always thought that. I'm like, so in other words, you're sending me to a drug dealer. Because if I, and, and i got to tell you this, because I, I, traveling outside the United States, I was able to go, and I, I'm on Depo Provera for birth control. Okay, you know, yeah, 45, I'm still on birth control because my husband is 20 years younger than me. So we don't want any more children. Um, we, we decided that. And so as we're backpacking Africa, Southeast Asia, all over the third world, I could stop in any pharmacy and say, hi, Dee Dee, I need Depo. And they would give me, they, right there at the pharmacy in all over Thailand, they would just, I would walk in, they would go ahead and just, Pop depot right in my hip, and off I went 90 days later. Well, we get over to Nepal, and in Kathmandu, she hands me the vial and the syringe. And I looked at her and said, no, 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 Didi. <laughs> I looked at Alex, looked at her, looked at Alex, looked at her, and said, no, 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 you give me <laughs> you give me the shot. She said, no, no, I can do it. She points at Alex. He Googled how to give me the first injection. I, I, my palm sweated for four days until I let him do it. And then 
um, we got back to the country, and I I brought a ton of it with me because I was just wherever we traveled, I had it in my suitcase. Well, you know, I couldn't. I I had the little vials, but I didn't have the syringes. I get back to Connecticut, I can't go get. I can't go buy a syringe. Like they all looked at me like I was a heroin junkie because I wanted to buy a syringe for my Depo Provera shot. And then I actually found out that it was illegal for me to have it. Well, wait a minute. I can go get this, and it's given away for free everywhere else in the world. If I was a Nepali woman, they would give me Depo for free if I wanted birth control. I'm supposed to be, if I'm a heroin junkie, I should be able to go to any pharmacy and get a syringe for free. But I couldn't walk into the medical supply store and buy syringes for the Depo Provera that I had because I'm not even legally allowed to have it or give myself a birth control shot because of the patent laws in my country. And then I found out that when I called AT&T with my iPhone that I had, and I said, okay, I just want to have a SIM card, you know, because I've been traveling all over the world and country to country. I would go and we'd land in the airport and I'd go buy a SIM card and I'd put it into my phone. So I was really comfortable with that. And then I found out, well, you're not allowed to do that. But why? Now, mind you, iPhone has now become also a Verizon product and you you get a two-year contract. Well, I went and I bought a GoPhone and I took the GoPhone SIM out and I put it into my iPhone and it worked just fine. And then I found out that I could get in trouble. They could come back and they could bill me all of the money and actually sue me, I heard, because I used a SIM card in an iPhone and I didn't buy a two-year contract with one of the American companies. Now, explain that to me. Can you explain that to me? (laughs) I I have no clue. I, I can live anywhere else in the world, buy an iPhone, put a SIM card in it, hop from country to country, put SIM card and SIM card in it. But I'm not allowed to do that in the land of the free. I, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still, con- I'm still confused about this. And um, you know, I, I just, I, I, what do you do with it? It's like companies. It's like the companies and and the patents. It's the, you know, the intellectual property owners are so proud in America, you know, and and granted, you know, I think it's really good that, you know, we can invent something in America and that when the lights go off, the lights don't turn on for the black market to produce it. Because, like, when we were living in Bangkok, you know, Billabong had production in Bangkok. And when the people who worked for Billabong would leave, the mafia would turn on the lights in the same plant for the same exact everything, with the same material, the same labels, the same machines, and they would be producing Billabong and all of these different labels all night. And they would be selling them on Kosan Road, okay, for way, way, way below the ticket price. Same everything, just not the same quality control. So, you know, that I completely understand, that that totally kills people whose intellectual property or companies that they're out there, they're trying to make an honest living, and, you know, and you know people are undercutting them. But if it's the same company and the same workers and the same everything going into those clothes, you can just imagine how much more we're paying just because, you know, we're just paying extra money just because, and then, you know, people are going off and they're they're buying the knockoffs made from the same company and the same everything. Now, I never knew that knockoffs were made in the same factory, did you? Yeah, some, well, I knew that some of them might be. We, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we used to deal with that stuff quite often in my other business, which is, uh, we'll get to that on the other side of this call. So I think <laughs> that Axel is ready to start spinning some records. We'll let him spin some records. All right. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, 
hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to The Dash. It's Dawn and Peter, and we're talking about stuff. We're talking about stuff that sometimes mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dawn, I had, um, when I was working with the company I was working with, it was called Electrolux, the vacuum cleaner company. Right. We used to pride ourselves on some of the proprietary and patented and whatever things that we would make. And way back then, a lot of people used a vacuum cleaner bag. And every once in a while, I would run across, we used to call them BoJack bags. So we'd run across different companies that made bags to fit that product. And part of my presentation, Don, was the idea of the filtered bag inside that bag. And the reason why we spent some extra money helped maintain the suction. And we could really demonstrate it because a regular bag would kind of get filled up with dust. Suction would drop. That would mean you'd leave dirt in your carpet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every once in a while, I'd run across a BoJack bag that sold for less than hours with a different label. But you know what? If you kind of ripped it open and you looked with a microscope, they were identical bags. And it was part, it was part of the business model of the company to maybe do that. The only thing they forgot to tell or they couldn't figure out how to say it was to the people that were spending their livelihood going out there selling against this BoJack bag, and that was really unfair. So I guess what we're looking for is where's the disclosure? Where's Why not tell the truth? If they would have said to us, listen, guys, we make a lot of money on bags, and you know we have the direct sales guys sell them, and then we have the BoJackers sell them, then we would probably say, you know, give us a level playing field. Who are you going to be more loyal to? us or them, but at least there was some education, and unfortunately, sometimes there's not. Now, let's talk about doctors, for instance. Just because somebody can buy a white lab coat, you know, maybe put on some goggles or whatever it might be, I don't think he should be really saying, I do the same thing as my doctor. I want that level of protection for sure. I don't want anybody that's just you know, people say that they're good with their hands to be a chiropractor, you know, or mm-hmm. or massage therapist, or maybe someone, like you talk about those syringes, maybe there is some special training that should be done on how to handle those syringes because, you know, you're dealing with injecting stuff into people's bodies. So in those instance, instances, fine. But, like, when you're talking about, like, what's going on, you turn on, you know, depending on the time of day, this is this way or this is that way, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, where are the rules? So another one that we have sometimes a challenge with down here in Florida is the helmet laws. So we have a lot of bikers, you know, so we have a lot of bikers, and I think that uh, it's I, an I grew up on the back of a motorcycle, and I there have some opinions there myself. Right, so you're ready for this one. Mm-hmm. So in Florida, like we have in Daytona Beach, they just finished a bike week. And it's very well known. I don't think we've ever had a bike week where someone didn't die. That's a horrible thing. This year, I think, the way they do the books, I think there was only two people a couple of years ago as high as like 9 or 16. It was a big number. I mean, it's a really scary big number. And a lot of the times, it always has to do with helmet laws. Now, I'm not a biker. If I was a biker before, I'd probably be pretty opinionated whether I'd want to be able to ride my bike with my helmet or without my helmet. And I can definitely see all the different reasons why Somebody might want some, somebody might want what other, but I really think if a biker wants to ride his motorcycle with or without his helmet and he wants to and basically take care of his own business, like if you get crashed and you get your skull knocked off, then the, then the regular people don't have to worry about paying for it or something like that, if you know what I mean. Like there's different rules. You should in, in a free society, I think you should be able to take personal responsibility but not necessarily infringe your irresponsibility on somebody else, if that makes sense. You know, if you want to ride your bike without a, without a helmet, you know, 95 miles an hour, down 95, and you accidentally crash, then don't make me pay for it, because I would have probably advised you against it. But if you're on uh, uh, Main Street, where there's 500,000 other bikers, and it's a really pretty sunny day, and you couldn't do more than five miles an hour because everybody's there. I don't think you need your. I don't think you need your helmet. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, give me the helmet philosophy from a biker gal. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the here's the thing. Um, I was, I grew up on the back of a motorcycle because my friends 
they they're my friend's parents were angels actually um and so i had that perspective and wind in my hair was always a fantastic thing and now i have a convertible car and i wear my seatbelt because i was also an emt and going to accidents head-on collisions um, one of my very first calls as an EMT was a head-on collision that changed my mind completely about helmet laws. And um, a couple of friends who ended up kissing the pavement with their faces, um, you know, uh, that and watching this one head-on collision. And so I show up at the scene of this call, and it was a girl about, I don't know, 20 years old, and she goes head-on into a guy who's about 30 years old with a passenger in his passenger seat. They're doing about 35, 40 miles an hour. The girl who was hit, and they came over into her lane and hit her, she was wearing her seatbelt. She got out of her own car with a little red mark on her chest, on her sternum, from the seatbelt. He was pulled out of the car with, I think it ended up being about, I don't know, his entire face was completely broken, and he broke his sternum going into the steering column. Um, So, I mean, we're talking chest spreaders, the whole nine yards. They had to resuscitate him. He was dead on the scene, and it was a really, really nasty call. And the girl next to him ended up flying through the windshield and, you know, with breaking it with her face um, and was permanently disfigured. I I can't tell you how many hundreds of stitches to put her face back together. That was the difference in 40 miles an hour. Um, in a head-on collision. I mean, we're talking 40 miles an hour. We're not talking going fast. So, you know, that and a couple of my friends literally hitting hitting the pavement with their heads and and that being the first point of contact convinced me that, you know, it's a really, really important thing. And at the same time, um, I believe it's my personal right to choose. You know, I do agree with you that it shouldn't be anyone else's financial responsibility. It shouldn't be the hospital's financial responsibility. If I choose not to go ahead and use a helmet, that maybe I have to have a specific insurance policy, if I can even get one, because the reality is it shouldn't be the hospital's problem that I'm brought to when they can't refuse me care when I have all of those medical bills that they're going to go ahead and be on the verge of bankruptcy to provide my medical care because I chose not to wear a helmet and I don't have any insurance. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, if, if you're going to scream personal responsibility, then take some, you know. And so, like, I have, like, I, I'm dual-sided on this, you know. I believe in personal responsibility. I believe in having my own rights, and I believe in having my own responsibility for for, for having those rights, you know. I lived in Thailand, as as I said, and Alex and I had some really interesting situations occur there. And one of them was we we got to truly experience what it was to be personally responsible for self. And I mean that like we were we were staying on an island, um, beautiful beautiful island, and we. There was this healthcare center there, a wellness center, and people would go there to detox and cleanse. And there was all this yoga, and and a yoga instructor was up, you know, and in the yoga studio, which was like basically a, a thatch roof hut, and she was leaning against a banister that was there to lean on, and it, of course, was faulty, and so she falls and she breaks her wrist. Now, she cannot teach yoga anymore. Well, on that island and many of the islands or most or all of the islands in Thailand, they are mafia run. Okay, Thailand is mafia run. There's a king, there's always a coup, and then the king comes out and says, oh, come on, everybody get along, and everyone loves the king, and so they stop the coup. But it's it's a very volatile place, and it's a very cool place to live. And Bangkok reminds me of uh, an Asian New York. Okay, very harsh, but very smiley at the same time. Now, if if that particular yoga instructor would have chosen to go ahead and say, I'm going to sue and I'm going to sue the pants off of you and you're going to go ahead and pay for everything and you're going to pay for my medical bills and you're going to pay for my next year because I can't work and you're going to pay me, pay me, pay me. She would have been literally cut to pieces with broken glass bottles and thrown in the ocean for dead. Be- hey, they're Buddhists, so they wouldn't have killed her. But they would have literally thrown her in the ocean for dead. And we watched some things happen. Primal justice, take care of your own self, is was the resounding theme. And I know that sounds super, super harsh, 
But at the same time, we live in a world where somebody can be breaking into my house and fall through my skylight onto a knife and sue me for faulty construction. Okay. <laughs> so, and and that I can have a hot cup of coffee between my legs and win a lawsuit against McDonald's when I bought hot coffee. So, you know, I I got to say that like it was really refreshing to live in a world where I watch out for myself and you watch out for yourself and I don't as a property owner have to worry about the next person who comes to my house tripping over something and suing me, you know? Like, I mean, I personally really like it better that way, Peter. I mean, like, I had a concert here, and I was worried about could I sell hot dogs? And, well, what if I sell hot dogs to someone who's allergic to something in the hot dog and they have an allergy attack and they weren't paying attention to their own body and they bought something from me and they sue me? You know, and so I got to tell you, like, we live in this really crazy world. And I personally really liked living in a place where everybody was responsible for themselves. And there was a fear of, like, that snooty, I'm going to sue the pants off of you. Like, I mean, you wouldn't even consider it. You could humbly ask if they could help with medical bills. Humbly ask. You know, and and then you know, if not, then 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 they're gonna go ahead and say no. But it's like there was a real difference in the vibe. You know, it wasn't this entitled. Um, I don't know. There's this whole. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I hear you. I hear you it, exactly. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing that you mentioned. I um, you know, we've all heard about the McDonald's coffee lady, and yeah. this is a great example of like <clears throat> the different versions of different stories that people tell. Uh, there's a movie, if you go to, like, Netflix or one of those things, you watch that. And watch the movie, and then you get a little bit more of the facts, and then you realize that, wait a minute, that coffee really was way super-duper hot. And oh. You have, oh, yeah, it's really kind of interesting. But, but again, that would be, like, who's taking responsibility here? And that's just trying to pin the responsibility. If you're going to be driving, you know, if you're going to grab a cup of coffee that you just buy, and then you're going to be driving with it, you know, as you're trying to do your stick shift and everything else, and you spill it on yourself, then you should be personally responsible. Now, if that coffee is also hotter than boiling water, then you say, wait a minute, they should have never served that to me in the first place. The quest here is where's the responsibility? So where's the responsibility and being responsible about the responsibility? But if I decide to go into an Internet cafe and I want to use my money and they have the thing rigged however they want to have it rigged, that's still my responsibility to be able to go in there and do whatever I'm going to do in that Internet cafe or you with the birth control or you with whatever. And it has to do with um, information. It's yeah. all about information. If those people would know, like, for instance, when you're talking about seatbelts, if we all had to go through, maybe be like a trauma person for a day, I'm sure a lot more people would be wearing seatbelts, if you know what I mean. If it had to do with helmet laws with uh, motorcycle people, and we had to see the pluses and the minuses, and it was done based on however we do it, maybe more people would be riding with their motorcycle helmets on, on 95 okay, at 75 miles now, an hour while, the, while it's raining, if you know what I mean. But and, I think we're going to come... They're actually, now New York is trying to tell people what they can and can't eat. Oh. Or that they can and can't breastfeed. We have to talk about this when we come back because this is On pretty crazy. Back. My dad was ranting about this recently. On the way back, here we come. Go, All Axel. Right. Are you in a run about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts. And you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then... Hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. 
And we are back, and uh, we are back at the dash. I'm Dawn. This is Peter, and uh, we're talking about things that don't make sense. And um, I think New York is going to win um, in the laws that don't make sense or infringe on, on personal personal rights. <laughs> in, in my in the book of Dawn today. <laughs> Although I have to say the whole internet internet cafe thing is brand new and 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 I I I completely and totally concur with your take and spin on this. Um but Mayor Bloomberg um telling women that they're going to get in trouble if they don't nurse their babies. Um like really big legal trouble if they don't nurse. Banning formula and and then also banning soda pop and now, after his big soda ban, he wants to hide cigarettes, okay? Um, things are getting a little crazy in the the Bloomberg New York rule. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. So, you know, and, and then you think, start to think about it, and we don't live in New York now, but we've lived in New York before. Yeah, Matter of fact, by coincidence, you used to live in a town – or in a city right where I used to live Yonkers. when I first got married. Yeah, in Yonkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they would come up with this law about some big gulp-type sodas and then come out with all the exclusions where you can have it versus where you can't have it, as if you can't like buy two of them, just makes no sense at all. Now, we understand the statement. We understand the statement. If you probably sat at a mall and you watched most people in New York, you'd probably find that there might be a weight related challenge and you might say well this is a drain on the healthcare system and it may not be for people and all of that stuff but you i think don you solve that stuff with education mm-hmm. you don't solve it with regulation so that's I where totally i kind of kind of crazy about that yeah um you know like i was in connecticut when um just recently they passed the laws about alcohol consumption for teens and that parents weren't allowed to allow their teenage kids to go ahead and, and consume even a couple of beers or, you know, like Peter, we're Italian, right? Right. I grew up with wine at the table. I was probably two years old when I had my first sip of wine, you know? Um, it, it's European cultural people are, and, 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 you know, I went to six funerals my freshman year of high school because of kids, because teenagers are going to drink, period, um, going out into the woods and drinking and then getting in their cars and driving home because that's what they're going to do, you know. Um, and I always thought to myself, when I'm when I'm a parent, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that they're going to make those same choices, but they're going to make them informed, they're going to make them in a safe environment because the worst thing there's any parent will ever face is going to their child's funeral, you know. And... I got to tell you, when that right to make that decision for my own kids was taken away from me, I thought, oh, my God, you know, rights to make my own decisions as a parent, rights to make my own decisions for my own body. I'm not allowed to say what I can consume. I'm not allowed to say what I can smoke. I'm not allowed to say what, I mean, I mean, it's like it's gotten to the point where I'm like, well, okay, so I traveled all over the third world. Granted, there's a lot less opportunity and a lot less luxury and a lot less a lot of things. But I sat there and watched, you know, ten people in the back of a truck drive by and thought, oh, they would have been reported to DCF or their kids would have been taken away. I mean, I literally, like, watched a family of four on a Vespa in Bali drive by me. And I'm like, and they would have been bad parents and their kids would have been taken away. And... You know, I sat there watching, like, families do and, and, and granted, some of it's looking a little crazy. You know, a family of four on the Vespa, you know, there's a little six-year-old kid on the mommy's chest, and, you know, the, the six-year-old is in front of the dad in front of the, uh, uh, standing on the thing, and nobody's wearing helmets, you know. Now, granted, are their lifespans going to be shorter? Are You know, they're not as legislated. Granted, you know, the government isn't telling them that they're not allowed to do that, so therefore, you know, could they get hurt? Yes. But I looked at it and thought, I'm supposed to come from the land of the free, you know. And, right. I mean, my kid can't get on a bicycle without a helmet. I can't get in a car without a seatbelt without being fined. I can't have my kids in the back of the truck with my dog 
without getting in a lot of trouble, you know. And, Peter, I'm 45. None of those laws existed when I was a kid. My my mom, actually, my, my friend Arlene's mom had a bell that we could hear when dinner happened. We didn't all have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. We all played outside from like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, we'd get up, we'd all go ride our bikes with no hands and no helmets and no shoes, and we went and played all day, and we came home dirty and disgusting when the bell rang or you heard, Arline, you know, (laughs) and they screamed throughout the neighborhood, and all of the kids went and scurried and came home for dinner or went to each other's houses and asked if we could eat over our friends' houses, and we're here. We're probably way healthier than the kids who have been sitting in front of computer screens all day, every day, or in front of television screens. Because, you know, we had three shows that we could watch. We had rabbit ears, and then we got excited when the, the, the antenna went on the roof. And boy, was it a big deal when we got MTV when I was 16. But in between all of that, before all of that, we had imaginations and fresh air, and we weren't legislated, but we were happy, you know? I, I don't know. I just I just have a thing about all of this, everybody telling everybody what to do, telling parents how to parent, and telling. I mean, is it is it that bad out there that like that people just don't know how to do it anymore? Right. Well, then you start talking about um, the stuff that I think is a little bit more insidious. Now they're talking about what they're going to teach your children about sex education in school. And there's just certain things that I think need to be educated in school, and there's certain things that I think need to be educated at home. Now they're also saying, wait, you can't even come into this school until you've had the proper vaccinations. Mm-hmm. We all know that there's – obviously we want schools to be safe and for all those reasons, but I want the other side of the equation too. There's some controversies about the stuff that's happening because people are putting vaccinations in people's bodies. We, when we were growing up, Dawn, and we're not, you know, we talk it like we're that old, you know, like we've been, you know, we went to school walking uphill both times, you know. So we're talking about stuff that happened in a recent lifetime. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about how many children have autistic symptoms. How many women have fibromyalgia like me? I mean, I swear to you, Peter, it's fiber, it's got to be. Fibromyalgia and autism, I the more I read, the more I know, and I've been suffering from this for 20 years, and I'm telling you, it's vaccination bashes. Every, every time I get to the end of what I'm looking at, I completely agree with you. And where's your choice? Because I can't bring my dog to stay at a vet or bring my dog to get a shot or checked out unless they have all their rabies vaccinations. And they're not free. They cost money to get in. And I'm talking about, you know, so maybe I make a little bit of, you know, I make enough money so that's not really like a lifestyle change for me, so we do that stuff. But what about those people that have to worry about things like that? Is that not an imposed tax? Did dogs last, period, for hundreds if not thousands of years without all those vaccinations? Mm -hmm. I can't get my dog's ears cleaned unless he's been vaccinated. I can't get my kids to school unless they've been vaccinated. Um, I, there's so many things as far as regulations that I think really do take away our personal freedom. So, you know, by design, by default, conspiracy thinking, I don't know. But all I know is that we've, over the last 50 or 60 years, lost a lot of the personal freedoms, and I'm not sure if we're actually heading in the right direction relative to those things that just don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's all about, you know, who who are we, you know? I I was looking at the other day we were having a conversation about and and uh, Peter, I think it's our fault. I I I'm I'm not I'm not pointing a finger at saying big bad government. I'm not saying it's Obama. I'm not saying it's um um it, it was Bush. I'm not saying I'm pointing a finger to a legislation or anything. I'm saying back in the day when I was born, right before I was born, people were protesting. People were up off their chairs they put down Facebook, they put down their clicker, because they didn't have any of it, to numb them and, and, and completely distract them from what was going on around them. And they actually paid attention to what was going on and said, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. And then they came out in force and in mass and they spoke. We the people spoke. We the people paid attention 
and said, this is what I think. And so we the people had a voice in their own states, in their own local communities, and at the national level. You know, it's our fault. We got comfortable in the 80s. <laughs> I know it was the 80s. And, uh, and everybody got credit and everybody got houses and everybody got stuff. And once everybody had lots and lots of stuff, everyone had lots to lose. And so they said, it's none of my business. Uh, yeah, it's not my fight. And people stopped paying attention. They stopped imposing their opinion on the way things were going. They stopped being involved, I think. And I think it really has a lot to do with it. I think I think that we just kept, you know, let someone else make that decision. I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to inconvenience myself. I want to go and play some racquetball or do whatever. We did a lot of stuff in the 80s, you know, this like stuff. And then the Internet came in, and then we all sat down behind a screen, and we got numb. You know, we stopped connecting in the town square and we stopped showing up for those meetings that nobody wanted to be at and we stopped getting heard and things just started to happen without us. I mean, like, I I mean, do you agree? Without a doubt. And that stuff started happening and people got too busy and regardless of your religious persuasion, I'm sure a lot of people have been separated away away from church because church Mm -hmm. is a pretty big a melting pot for a lot of these things to happen as well. Yep. We we stopped doing the things relative to, you know, the community centers and, and things mm-hmm. along that line because everybody's so busy doing everything else. So we could kind of cocoon ourselves into the feeling of, wait, like you said, maybe somebody else has the time to do that stuff because mm-hmm. I don't have any time anymore. I'm too busy doing my own thing, if you right. will. So, which is which is a real nice transition, if you will, to some of the stuff that we're working on relative to the different foundations that are out there because someone's got to step up and someone's got to do some of the things to kind of pull it back. It's just like the water in a bathtub that swashes or splashes in one direction or another. We're kind of like way too far to one level, and if we don't really start pulling these things back, if at all it's even possible. Now, there's one more current events thing that I'm just going to set up as a trend, Um, and I just didn't hear about it until like just this week. And that's what's happening on the small, teeny-weeny island of Cyprus, where the government all of, us dis- all of a sudden decided that we need money, and we're going to tax everybody's bank account. So if you're a depositor, we're just going to whack, and I don't know what the percentage is, so I'm speaking a little bit out of ignorance, but I'm going to say 10%. We're going to whack 10% from everyone in this little, teeny-weeny island's bank account. Before you guys know it, and that's what we're going to do. And unfortunately, yes, and you're going to see a trend happen. This little principle that I learned from a book, I think I'm going to give him credit. I hope I do. His name is Michael LaBeouf. He wrote a little book called Greatest Management Principle. Not to save you the time of reading the book, but here's the punchline. You get what you reward, or watch out what you reward because you might be getting the wrong thing. Well, Mm -hmm. they just rewarded people not depositing their money. So, again, in that little teeny-weeny island, they just decided that they're going to arbitrarily take 10%. I'll use your name. Crush the banking industry. Crush <laughs> the banking industry. And by the way, they close the banks so you can't get your money out, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no vote. So that is going to send a shockwave, I think, across the European continent. And once somebody lets it out of the bag and gets away with it, don't think that it can't happen here. So it's scary thoughts. So I know that Axel is telling us we have about a minute left, and there's crazy stuff going on out there, and we're always big on just making sure we handle our personal responsibilities. So, Dawn, I'll let you wrap it up and introduce our next guest. All right. So, And, guys, here's the deal. So we're just giving you our thoughts and opinions, and, you know, we don't make any money on our thoughts and opinions, which is why we're allowed to give you our thoughts and opinions, which we just learned the other day. But but here's the thing, you know, we're not selling you anything. We want you to go ahead and pay attention. You know, plug in, pay attention, challenge what we say. If you hear it here, Google it. Go find out if we're saying something that's inaccurate, you know, and, and make sure you comment. Tell us. Tell us what you think. We want to hear your opinions and your thoughts. They're very, very valuable to us. So so be here tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Meet Miss Marsha Friedman. She's a fantastic voice. 
and uh, she's going to teach you a whole lot about celebritizing yourself. Axel? (laughs) I think we lost Axel. So thanks so much, guys, and thank you for visiting The Dash, and we'll see you again tomorrow night. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows that happen every Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.